Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We just have a good rhythm together. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Well, I hope I hope this I hope this is smooth sailing. Hi, welcome. It's episode eleven. Guy is here. I miss him so much. I miss you too, Tim. You know, at the start of this, because uh, we weren't really in regular contact, we wouldn't talk a lot. I actually didn't mind, you know, mm. us altering the central premise um, where we'd have to watch it so far apart because it was st- it still meant that, you know, I'd had to traipse across two and a half hours worth of movie, but on the other side of that desert was a wonderful conversation with my friend Tim. Mm. And this is not a slight on you or our friendship, I don't think, but it's, you know, the the reward for walking across that two and a half hours of hot coals or whatever you want to call it now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's not, not worth it, but it's not as tantalizing. Uh we are in the depths of a real Pavlov's dog situation here, Tim. Uh whereby if I get a message from you, I uh don't want to read it. Ah, oh, it makes me sad to hear. Yeah, and I think, oh, why this... have I got to be the stern dad? You know, you don't have to be the stern dad. I mean, how do you feel when you get a message from me? Good. Yeah, yeah, you said my that boy tentatively. Guy. No, I did. No, it wasn't tentative at all. Do I... you know how you said it? <coughs> Gone. Good. It wasn't like good. That's me being tired because no. Uh, Confession to make, I I didn't I couldn't even get through the movie this time. I watched what? I watched an hour last night and I was I was there for that and it was so it was hell. It was yeah, so bad. It is hell. I couldn't I couldn't stand it. Couldn't stand it. There was a real <laughs> stinker in my bed. It was like someone had taken a shit where I sleep. I love and this. So, you know, I'm so, I mean, you know, interestingly, I'm like so happy to hear of how much you're struggling because I, I am too. Misery loves company, dude. It's you good know to hear you, when other people are down like in the dumps. Exam, and you're in the exam mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure it out and you're going, oh, this is, fuck, I hate this, this is hard, this stinks. And you look over and it looks like all your mates are doing great and concentrating and doing well. The and worst. then you get out of the exam and you go, how do you find that? And they go, that was awful. Yeah, that's the best. This is what it is. Because I was sitting here watching this thinking, oh, I bet you, fuck, Tim's probably got, you know, Zoe and one. Nah. So anyway, so you watched now. <laughs> we, we have introduced another component to the marriage, to the marital yeah. bed. That's right. <laughs> okay, very good. Well, no, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. I actually felt like I was in the dead zone, um, not only with Zoe, but just by myself. I woke up this morning to finish off knock the bastard off, as our own Sir Edmund Hillary would say, referring to Mount Everest, our tallest peak above sea level, which he climbed before anyone else. Not saying we're the same, but just saying, you know, both Kiwis, both doing a hard thing. And I was watching it and my eyes were getting heavier and I was like, I'm wearing headphones that are like in-ear. They're so close to my brain. This still counts as a watch if I just, I'll just shut my eyes for just a scene and I, and I can kind of report back on what it's like to treat the movie as 
um, sort of a concept album or maybe a um, really esoteric podcast. Yeah. And then before you know it, I open my eyes. The movie has ended. I've been asleep for upwards of 40 minutes. My brain just shut the thing down. It was like, we can't, we can't, we can't keep doing this during the morning. It's not a way to live. 40 minutes owing, which I love. I love having that over you. Fuck. Uh, Hey, but can't you chalk it up too? And I know that I didn't quite interpret it so kindly when you did it, but could you not chalk it up to it is a type of watching the film? No. Because when I'm asleep, because I still have my headphones in, it was like head access to a part of my brain that media usually doesn't. It was a real subconscious. You know why it doesn't count? Why? Because... While I think subconsciously that will crop up somewhere down the line and you'll like be in quite a deep mental battle with yourself and you won't quite be able to place why, mm. for the immediate, for, for right now, an immediate response to that, that is a healthier and happier way to consume the movie. And uh, while you didn't and you don't like screening that. and I can hear the palpable distaste in your voice, I think given another 40 minutes of content, You'd you'd be you know spitting even more venom, and it's funny you should bring this up to him because I was actually thinking I so I watched two hours of the movie, mm. um, and then got just like so restless and angry and like was yeah. sort of almost turning it on myself. I uh, so I, I went I was like you know what I got time I paused it I went out for a run I came nice. home. I meditated nice. and then like I so I did everything I could to center myself and be like, you know what? This is fine. Half an hour took about two minutes for me to feel exactly as agitated as I had like an hour <laughs> oh, or whatever, an hour and a half, two hours before. But, and God. like just immediately undid, you know, I was, I was putting in, putting the hard yards in on the self love there. Um, and do you know what occurred to me? What's that? I know that this isn't, you know, we're doing our best given circumstance and time zones and whatnot. But if we really want to feel this, if we really want to experience this, from here forth, the movie must be consumed as it was made in one hit. Oh, um, fuck, man. You really... I think this disproportionately affects me. I feel like I'm in a court case now. I feel like that the punishment does not befit it's not the a two punishment. parties. Was, I was thinking this. I was going to broach this topic independent from your behavior this morning. So I don't want you yeah. to conflate but I, two separate circumstances. Look, let's get into the nuts and bolts of this. Due to the fact that you're in New York City, the fifth girl, you're inside of her. She's operating at a different time zone. Um, the only time really that can accommodate both of us because New Zealand's a wacky, a wacky, loose, uh, son of a gun. doesn't look at a lot of clocks, loves the casino, loves to just get lost in it. The only bit that coincides for being waking hours really, uh, between the hours of about 9am to what, like noon or 1pm here. And for you, that's from, I think, 5 p.m. to whatever, add the appropriate number of hours. So if if that's going to be the way, Guy, we're going to, every now and then, we're going to be cutting into more of your nights because I'm not going to get up at like 6 a.m. to watch this movie in one hand on an ongoing basis. Hey, look, that's I don't mind that at all. And for what it's worth, you know, you could also do, I, I, I you know, you might have to sacrifice the ends of some of your nights as well. Where, Quite fine. Which is also fine. But I just think yeah. in the spirits of truly putting ourselves through the Sex in the City mincer um, and com- coming out as bolognese or whatever, whatever it is that we want, we're looking to do to ourselves here, I think yeah. to, Can I, to experience I s- this in yeah. three dimensions, mm. we need to stop giving ourselves these little bits of wriggle room. I mean, it, it was telling, to be honest, that it, it had only an impact for as long as I was not watching the movie and it could be undone so quickly. But I just think. Let me say what's in my heart. I am proud of you. I feel incredibly emotional this morning. In fact, I, I messaged you moments ago saying I miss you. 
and you replied, save it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, particularly callous. But then you did, you, you walked it back afterwards and told me that you missed me too. I didn't, but walk, I'm so, I didn't walk it back. I didn't change my desire for you to save the expression. You softened it. You softened it. You said, you said, save it for the conversation. And then you said, I miss you too, a, a, a couple of minutes after that. Did you think this that is was not where be a response when you'd opened yourself this, up emotionally? This, this is not the terminal of what I'm trying to say here. What it is, is I'm so proud of you because I, maybe this is a false memory. I don't know. Maybe this is a narrative I've just spun for myself that's incorrect. I don't know. But I'm thinking back to the first season. I'm I'm thinking back a little bit to the second season. And I remember a, a, a wiggly little worm, Guy Montgomery, who played played by the rules on the whole, but, you know, would test the boundaries. And bad cop Tim having to um, lay down the law, uh, penalising little watches when little sleepy guy fell asleep. And I how the tables have turned. Now it's, now it's Timbo with his weary little head. Um, and now it's Guy going, you know what? The integrity of this project demands... Well, that we punish ourselves further to what we are. And I, I couldn't be more proud of you. And, you know, I think if you look at circumstance surrounding the timing, you know, you have settled into um, not the next phase of your life, but, you know, you've you've leveled up in a sense. You're a happily married man now. You have a, a beautiful wife and a beautiful life. Um, I played with a dog all day yesterday and it was sublime. Uh, you guys going to get a dog? That is Fuck, such a married I, thing to I, do. Wish, oh man, you guys are totally not as much as Zoe it. does. You're gonna get still a dog. Wish. Yeah, you were talking about getting a dog before I even left. I think you, it's so, it's totally in the works. It's just because Zoe wants a dog so badly, and I just want Zoe to be happy. But we, if we get a dog, it severely limits where we can live. You know, where, where um, I have a feeling. Like, where can't you live with a dog? Any any sort of rental property that says no dogs, which is most of them. Oh, no, no. Those, those, that's just a suggestion. That's not a rule. Is it? Yeah, if you look closely, they've all got tiny little question marks after them. Oh, shoot. No dog? Cool. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, sweet. Maybe I'll go get one today. Well, that's a little too fast, maybe. But, <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Um, while you've, I'm in a phase you've, of my you've life and wife you've and... settled into a sort of an elderly statesman role. You know, you've, you've, <laughs> yeah. I look to you as someone who has more answers than I previously might have. I have relocated to the Big Apple, the city of angels itself, James and the giant Peach, the city that never sleeps, New York, New York. I'm awake, I'm alive, I'm active, I'm watching movies, you know. And yeah. so I feel like it's quite a natural transition where, you, you know, you're watching, I mean, some of this you're, some of this media you're consuming in your marital bed, you're sullying yeah. the most sacred of all spaces mm. by dragging four people, the gals is who I'm talking about, you know, all with their own varying degrees and of emotional baggage into... There's five. There's and five the, gals. The, the character of New York City. Um. Look, all that to say, I feel like we're straightening that out. So we will only be consuming the movie in its entirety from here forth. Yeah, I um, want to poke around what you were suggesting, though, because you're kind of describing me as being in my twilight years almost. No, 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 no. I don't think you're in your twilight years. Not at all. Um, I just think, uh, you know, you're probably drinking a lot more warm milk than you were previously. Uh, no, not wrong about that. <laughs> um. No, all, all, all I was sort of saying is that I, I, I understand, you know. Things have changed. Yeah, yeah, things have changed. And there's a reason I think that I've sort of taken the mantle of being slightly more. Uh, I, I, the, I see. The circumstance surrounding my life presently means that, you know, that's a smaller sacrifice. So it's one that I'm more likely to volunteer and make for us than yeah. the inverse. And I don't know hey, that that pretty... was the case beforehand, but you were sort of, you. I, I sort of treated you like the, uh, uh, in terms of commitment, you'd get these real wild looks in your eyes. And I sort of thought of you as a, uh, the mad scientist and me as your capable yeah. assistant. You know, how you often sure does it happen? Like, how often does it happen that you find a, a friend or a creative partner where you're able to dip in and out of that role? You know, where you can change who wears that mantle. Not often. We're special, guy. You and I. 
Timbo and Guy Guy forever for a hundred years. You said it, pal. Well, I can't help but notice that we've been prattling on for nigh on, you know, fifteen minutes and have not spoken one word about Long May That Rain. Don't say the movie. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Can we get into can we get in can we get into that and like give me another five minutes? We'll get into it at the twenty the minute mark. Is that okay? I'd like to talk about, yeah. uh, and I'm just going to gloss over my observation of a very crusty doorman who works in the. Apartment oh wait, are you in the movie? Big and Carrie are checking out. Come on, man! After they've seen five. the apartment that they first arrive at, Lucky Number Thirty Three, that uh, their agent tells them she tried to warn them not to come because it's so bad, and it is admittedly a bad looking apartment. They they leave the apartment and they're walking out, and as as they're walking. Carrie says to the the estate agent, um, mm. she says, let me know, let us know if there's anything else that comes up. Uh, we're very interested in this building. And yeah. they p- press the button on the lift. Obviously, they've traveled up from the ground floor to get to where they are. So they press the button on the lift. Now, this yep. button has to be the down button because that's the only direction logically these people could be traveling after inspecting and disapproving of an apartment that is above the ground floor. We see a view out of a window. Out. We know this cannot be in the basement. The letter says, uh, well, there's one that's just opened up that's not even on the market yet. Would you like to see that? They all say, yeah, obviously. And he yeah. presses yeah. PH at the top of the mm. buttons, the button stack in the lift, presumably representing sure. the the word penthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lift then, I mean... Lifts are binary, Tim. They follow the first instruction every time. This looks like a kind of old lift. So this well, lift, while they might have all Unless it was the Great Glass Elevator but we Roald Alwind. We know it's not the Great Glass Elevator because we, we see that it's not the Great Glass Elevator. You've got me there. Please continue. If it was the Great Glass Elevator, do you not think that would consume... Please Quite continue. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry I brought it up. This is the amount of the film would be sort of built around the fact Carrie, a writer herself, would say, you know, this is going to sound crazy, everybody, but I can't help but shake the feeling that we have wandered into Roald Dahl's great glass elevator I, from Charlie and the Chocolate it. Factory. I take it, I'm sorry. I take it back. Pretend like I never even said it. So we're... So we're in there. We're going to the penthouse. Well, no, but so they get they get in. They order the lift to take them down. By the time they get into the lift, circumstances change, and they want to go straight to the penthouse. He pushes penthouse, and then the next scene, it's a cut. We don't actually get to see what transpires in the lift, but they arrive at the penthouse. There's a good scene on the cutting room floor here. Probably <laughs> Montgomery. Two to five Fucking minutes. Hell. Of them talking for two minutes. That's where your landing point was. They go down to the ground floor. They go, oh, uplift's annoying. Christ. Then they push the penthouse button again. Maybe on the way down, someone who already lives in the building gets into the lift and they go, huh, hi. And they go, yeah, hi. You know, and they, they exchange pleasantries, small talk. They get down to the ground floor and then they've got to ride all the way back up the lift to the top floor. I mean, I know that this movie Fucking, is. I am wanting. worried. I am worried about this season if this is episode 11. I don't know that this. Fucking worried, this man. Movie this is, ain't good content. Is wanting for length. But a bit, oh, of, boy. A bit of variety. You know, I, I'd love, to see, I'd love to, to see the four of them. run into come. the house and Pardon? get my whiskey. I want to run into my house and get my bottle of whiskey right now, just as a safety blanket. What's your beef? That was who cares, man? Fuck, <laughs> Jesus! <Well, laughs> it I took care. such a long time to get there. This it's a lift. Yeah, we don't see all the lift. Would you rather there be another fucking four minutes of this movie that we have to see every every episode? Look, every I'm just watch? looking. I'm I'm looking for opportunity. I'm looking for places where we can get a little bit more exposition. Maybe get to Never. empathize and relate to the characters. You don't see the characters doing anything that's particularly banal, boring, day-to-day. They're unrelatable. These are not people who I associate with. I want to see them in a lift, making small talk with someone that they want something from, but they can't be bothered talking to. (laughs) Okay. What do they want from the person? They want to rent the fucking apartment. Oh, sorry, to the the letting agent. I got you. 
that was a big cough, but I'm getting better at muting the microphone now. Well, Guy, um, while we're in that zone in the movie, I must concede a point to you. A couple of episodes ago, you brought up the fact that uh, the leading agent for the apartment, because there's two like realtors that we deal with in this scene. There's one presumably for, <coughs> excuse me, for this building, and then one representing Big and Carrie's interests. And uh, the one who's kind of there for the building representing, <laughs> that's a funny concept, isn't it? The rooms get their own realtor and the people, they get a realtor too. Yeah. But after Citizens United, corporations, are people and rooms get realtors. So that's kind of a fun concept. So the rooms realtor uh, who takes them up to the penthouse unexpectedly, he's like, I've got this other apartment that I'm looking after because I've got multiple rooms that I look after. So when he says your uh, your wife is has quite a sense of humour, um, you can actually see based on how they've framed the shot that he is standing right next to Carrie. So I, I pulled you up a couple episodes ago because you said, uh, "Why the fuck is he directing that at Big?" And I suggested that it was probably just the staging of where everyone was standing in that scene. Like he was close to Big, so he said it to the closest person next to him to try and gin up some good favour from the couple. But no, he's standing right next to to Carrie. So you were right, man. Hey, you should have just said, "Hey, you're funny. You're a funny gal." Thanks for that. And I'd like what to are you a record, um, that all real tours, even if you're listening along right now, and you think, and even if you're listening along and you agree with me that this movie could use a decent elevator scene, uh, if you're a real tour, I'm I'm sorry to say, that there's a pretty high chance that you're a real piece of shit. Oh wait, guy, yeah. Man, you are not what, good. What I just muted is I basically just had an asthma attack while you were saying that as well. You are. <coughs> you're downtrodden mentally. No, and, it's good. Mentally and this is how, your health this is. This is how I heal. A low ebb. This is how I heal. I get a, it doesn't happen very often, but I'll get, I'll get a cold, like maybe once or twice a year, like a pretty good one. And it'll fuck me up for only like two days, two or three days because I'm smart about it. I'll just fucking, and I don't work in an office, which I think really helps. So I can just hammer the the hot lemon, honey, and ginger drinks. Like I will drink fucking three to four liters of the stuff a day, really kick that virus out of there as quickly as possible. But then I end up getting asthma for like three weeks after I get sick. It is unavoidable and it's very annoying. And to be honest, I need to just grow up and get an inhaler because I haven't had one since I was a kid. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you. It's interesting. You've got these sort of, um, you don't speak always in totals, but I feel like you're someone who has, you know, quite uh, rigid ideas or ideals about how your body and your health works. Mm. Uh, Like you make sort of sweeping generalizations about it. And I don't always agree with the science behind them. Um, And you are married to a doctor. Yeah. And yet, you know, what they bits do you take issue with out of that? Nothing. Just, they, just, they go unchecked. I mean, I don't have the qualifications yeah. to pull you up on them. What yeah. does Zoe think about your theories? What, that I get asthma after I get sick? Well, you, you get sick, what do you say, two or three times a year? Yeah. Never more, never less. Probably like, probably one to, I'd say one to two, like a proper virus. Yeah, I don't get a lot of stuff wrong with me. Like apart from the knee, which is a recent thing, because as we've discussed, I'm in the twilight of my years now. Mm. I don't really, I, I, I'm i incredibly thankful for my good health. It's a hell of a thing. It won't last yeah, forever, fuck. but I'm having a rocking time with this bod so far. I know what God has graced about, me man. with. You know, when you're sick and you think to yourself, or if you've injured yourself and you just sit there and you think, I will never take for granted. <laughs> being at full yeah. health again and then it happens i squandered it before yeah mm. it happens and then for like a day you're like oh my god i feel amazing and then the next day you're like ah, oh. you're just back to being regular old you and your high functioning body what pieces of shit we can be yeah it's because uh, I, I was thinking about this recently it, happiness human happiness is entirely comparative there's so many there's bodies of evidence to back this up um in fact i remember attempting to read at one point a book written i'm pretty sure by nelson mandela's wife and i did not get far in that book it was a big thick book guy and i was a young man and i went in guns are blazing legs akimbo heart a flutter 
opened it up, read a few pages and went, this book is too long, I shall not finish it. But one of the insightful things she said was that um, the happiest people she'd ever met were like field workers who had these simple lives because they were just surrounded by other people like them and they just kind of like got on and had a real good sense of community. I'm, and it's fucking true, man. Compar- comparing your, your current situation to those around you, that's that's when you feel happy or really not happy. It's a fool's, it's a fool's game. You can only compare yourself to yourself, really, can you? You look at where you were. It's not in our nature, though. We're social creatures. A week ago, a month we? ago, six months ago, a year ago. And you think, am I further along where I want to get than I was? Yeah. Comparing yourself to another person is for is for schmucks. And yeah, I you got to really associate with a schmuck. You have to actively fight against it, though. I think it's a natural. I was actually, I was out and about two days ago. I was socialising. I, I was actually on a friend date. I made a friend. It Were went you? so well. We hung out for probably right. five hours. I love that. Um, at one point, we were sitting in a park in Greenpoint, uh, and you're not going to believe this, Tim, but we were smoking <laughs> weed. And Whoa, uh, shit, we were dude. we were having a really good time. Even to remember it now, I'm, I'm put like, a fucking I'm, explicit label on this episode. My word, I'm, drugs. I'm smiling at the memory of us sitting there, just very gently stoned. Not not very stoned at all, really. It was one of those little sort of things that looks like a cigarette, but it holds a tiny amount of weed in the end. And you have it, and it's just like putting a little uh, little dust, a little sprinkling of you know fairy dust on the on the occasion. But we were watching these. Um, we were sort of talking or whatever, and then there were these kids, and all they were doing, they were like, uh, you know, thirty meters away. We were on the grass; they were on the asphalt. They were just running as fast as they could back and forth, and it was as much fun as it's possible for a person to have. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, would like, oh my! I mean, first of all, how do you re- how do you recapture that much fun? And would I exchange? You know, the life as it's panned out for myself to this point. Yeah. To go back. Oh. Roll those dice all over again. If only for the fleeting moment of happiness that I was witnessing, where three kids who were obviously very good friends were just literally testing the limits of their body and laughing as hard as it's physically possible to laugh. That is poetry what you have just put forward. You often reference extreme happiness as it, as it relates to kids running around. This is not the first time I've heard this from you. And it suggests to me, and I've never recommended this to a human being before, but I reckon you should fuck around with CrossFit or something. I feel like you're a man who derives joy out of really kicking the tires on your own biology. I don't know. I, I go, I do go running, you know, um, it's just like, I think it's more just like looking at that moment and being like, this is, that's all their life is, is, is right in that moment. It's, it's, I guess it's like yeah. presence, right? They don't have the, yeah. their consciousness hasn't expanded enough to be like, well, I'm running around now, but 10 minutes from now, I'm going to be sitting down trying to concentrate. It's like, they're that's literally true. all they are doing is running around. And it is, I mean, they're also getting fucking high on endorphins. You know, I told you I was smoking weed in that park. I think the real criminals were these kids. They were fucking sky high on the <laughs> endorphins provided by their body from the simple act of running back and forth. I called the cops on these kids. They got into a lot of trouble. Did you? Yeah, I got them under the thumb of the Big DEA. Way. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June too is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The conclusion I came to, you know, on whether or not I'd return to childhood is I don't think, you, you know, no matter how fantastic it looks in the moment, I don't think you do. I don't think you go back. You can't go home, as they say. I've never understood that saying. Uh, you can't go home. Yeah, or it's impossible to go home. One of those two things. <laughs> Have you heard that? Yeah, kind is of. But I think there's got to be broader context for it to function. I don't think it quite works. I mean, obviously, I. Can't. I think it is similar to what you're talking about, though. It's sort of it's it's referring to the impossibility of turning back the clock. I think. Yeah. Maybe who fucking know? Hey, mate. At this point, who fucking knows? Eh? Absolutely. Well, the reason I thought. So the- I wouldn't go. Okay, I was going to say the movie, but please continue. Well, like, I don't know. I just don't know that I want to roll those dice again. I'm not perfect, but I'm pretty happy with how I've turned out. You know what I'm saying? You're living a great life. Been a great life. I know it's not all. It's not all perfect, but my word. No, I'm very, look at look on paper. Whew, I'm very quite gra- a life. I'm grateful for my life, but um, yeah. You can be proud of it too, though, guy. You don't have to just be grateful. You know, you you made that. You got given some stuff. You got you got given some starting materials, but you constructed that. Yeah, no one fucking threw you on a plane to New York City. You made that happen, my boy. No one did throw me and, on the uh, plane to New York City. I actually that was. I was I'm gonna, I'm gonna whack one of these in to celebrate you. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, there's a soundboard in the in the recorder that we're using now. So every now and then, you know, you. How can you not? Do I have access to the How soundboard? How can you not chuck in there? I'm not sure. Can you see one on your side of the convo? No, nah, I can't. It's just me then, bud. We've gone off topic here, Tim. I know that you've been avoiding it. The one time I tried to talk about it, I brought it up, and I've not heard you so vehemently poo-poo an idea as you did when I discussed the need for a scene in the elevator. Ah, yeah. I won't apologize for that. I stand by it. Well, uh, it's fine. You can criticize as much as you want, but I feel like you know oh, you, want me to process, you have yes. to have something to contribute in terms of analysis of the film. Hey, you're not wrong. On that note, uh, shining lights. Oh, Let's hear God. them. Let's you've see them, boys. Nothing. You've literally got nothing. A shining light means well, that you've got one moment that you can hang on to and build a conversation around. But is I there- don't even have that. I don't even have that, mate. I painted myself into a corner, but I was hoping my brain could function fast enough with the coffee in me now to. I now I know what you're doing. You're stalling by describing the stall. No, well, I'm just engaging in a conversation with you at this point. Not everything is a ruse. Can I tell you something, um, Tim? You, yeah. you speculated yeah. recently about how rich Big is. Yeah. As soon as it's decided that they want that penthouse apartment, we're still in the we're still mm. in the opening throes of the film here. I don't know if you've heard the ADR. The ADR is fast becoming the sixth character in this movie after New York City. Um, <laughs> the sixth gal, yeah. ADR. ADR, he, he says... Uh, you got Charlotte, Carrie, uh, Miranda, uh, Samantha, New York City, and additional vocal recording. It's, I mean, dialogue recording. It's good stuff. But he, so he goes to the leading agent immediately. He t- so he says to Carrie, I got it. And then... It's sort of the shot stays on how happy Carrie is with this moment. And then you just hear in the background as he turns to this letting agent, okay, let's sign some contracts. And yeah. that seems to me, you know, opening expression of enthusiasm, sure. But to do it in the moment, they've walked around this house for less than two minutes. This is a penthouse overlooking 
Central Park on Manhattan, New York City. This guy's got to be laying out, I don't know, say at least $30 million for this place, presumably. I've got no idea what real estate is like here. That feels that feels like a big number to me. Uh, but it would certainly, and it's millions. It's, it might even be, yeah, as you say, sort of double-digit millions. I don't know. But get a fucking builder's report, man. Yeah, I'm with you. Christ. We don't know. We don't know. A hoot nanny about you this place. You've got to get some of your best guys through that building to let you know how it looks. Is it leaky? You know, uh, is there, Are there any sort of structural or you know, the structural integrity? Are there any questions to be asked and answered there? And do you know what the most yeah, exciting part of this is, too? Night. See what the noise level is like with the neighbours. If you've got thin walls and some well, uh, big premium diamond subscribers to Samantha Jones's fuck clinic next door who are taking their lessons home with them. The beauty of the penthouse suite, of course, is that you have no neighbours. There are only the neighbours who live beneath you. And traditionally, sound, I think, travels down louder than it does up. You would think that. But if you are in the advanced courses of Samantha Jones's fuck clinic, there are a lot of harnesses involved and you fuck on the roof. It's going to create a lot of unexpected noise for people who live above you. Not on, it's, It is rare. Not on the roof, but suspended from, of course. You, you, yeah, you got it. The ceiling. Sorry, let me reiterate. So there's there's harnesses involved, and you're fucking on the ceiling of your house. Well, this is some advanced stuff. There's no denying it. A lot of equipment. Involved. Most excitingly, though, the idea of big, you know, getting a few people through the house to 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 give them a, the thumbs up before signing any contracts. You know, think of the number of scenes where we could see these people riding. The lift. It looks like it'll be about thirty floors. <laughs> and who's to say, this is a whole new movie for who's you. Who's to say how fast people on the this lift. lift is? I mean, you get some real beautiful little slices of life in there because riding a lift is unlike socialising anywhere else. Maybe, maybe it's like being in an Uber pool or a lift line. You know, where you don't necessarily know the other people and you have to make a decision about whether or not to persist with small talk or just sort of act like no one else is there. There's a whole other movie in here, Tim, and it's one that cuts to the core of humanity much, you know, much more efficiently with a much sharper scythe than this. What if this is a, is this a like has this format been used in a film before? And if not, guy, you should option it. Oh, actually, I think I'm, I'm just remembering now. I feel like there's a, a an M Night uh, Shyamalan movie where it's like it's set in a lift, and one of them's the devil, and they don't know which one. There's six of them. Cool. Yeah, it's that guy's got some big ideas. Called hey? Devil. It's a 2010 American supernatural horror film. Uh, I need the broad strokes. Hey, while you look up the broad strokes, um, last week I watched it with Zoe. Something a very astute observation she made, which I sort of I think I'd like briefly entertain the idea, but never held on to it or the thought. You know how they go in, they look at it, they say, uh, Carrie says how how is this even on the market? They say messy divorce. She says, how could you get a divorce if you live here? And then she opens the closet and she's, she says something like, oh, well, you know, that, that wouldn't help. Or what does she say to that? Well, that she opens up a divorce. small. It's a wittier side. Yeah. Kind of, you know, she's yeah, it is. crowd. She goes, well, that explains the divorce. Mm, this tiny little closet. So then Big says, I'll make you a bigger closet. And he fucking does. He makes a huge not just a walk-in wardrobe, folks, and please don't see the movie. Not just a walk-in wardrobe, but like a a, a bedroom-sized closet with all of these special kind of glass containers like you get displays in a fashion boutique. And Zoe just went, how do you, where do you have the room for that? Like what was, what was that closet space before? And I was like, huh. Yeah. Did that used to be the kitchen or something? Like, you don't just get to invent space. That closet area that we're seeing now was space occupied well, by some other bit of the apartment think, before. Let's, let's, How does this let's work? Let's lay out a mental blueprint here. Because you see them. There's a court. We know there's a courtyard. This is a big place. There's a... Huge. And across... Is it like across the courtyard is the main bedroom? So, it, yes. I mean, the first place that I'm thinking he could have 
you know, eaten into is the courtyard. But that that feels like an eyesore to me because from what the glimpse I caught, the courtyard is a is a model of symmetry. You know, a lot of the beauty that's that's also, and the it's also highly structural. He got the work done inside of like a week. It feels like no, no. We see that he doesn't get it done within the week. Remember. That's half the reason you can't focus on the wedding and he's so stressed out because the contractor keeps moving stuff around. He carries the burden of doing renos on the house very heavily. A weighty, uh, you know, a, a, a weighty problem hangs heavy on his neck. He can't give Carrie the commitment and energy she needs as a co as a co-conspirator in the wedding. Carrie, <laughs> so enraptured in wedding prep can barely, you know, understand the the strain and stress that Big's taken on in volunteering to create a walk-in wardrobe specifically for her. Mm. These are two people who are not communicating with each other very clearly. Ships in the night. Sort of. Is that a is that a is that a plan? Yeah, ships in the night is it's a, a right. Uh, well, I mean no, because they have like ships in the night, I think they don't yeah, yeah. those ships don't traditionally have the opportunity to you know, engage and see each other because it's dark. It's true. true. These guys live together. I don't... Well, how much time do you think does part... How much time do you think it takes for him to do the closet? Give me a ballpark based on the information we have. Uh, It's not long. What is it, three weeks? It's longer. How much time do you think passes between... um, them buying the apartment on the first act of the movie and them mm. getting married. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Like a Yeah, that's a that's a couple of months. Yeah, it's gotta be a few months, right? That's yeah, I'd say it is. Hey, you got me there, guy. I'll never talk about the movie again. No, no, no. Don't get it all wrong. I'd love for you to talk about the movie. I actually, I spent quite a lot of time thinking about Big in this film. Like this, so there's the scene where obviously they uh, they say they're going to buy it and then Carrie uh, is telling Charlotte and Miranda immediately on the street. And actually that was something I really enjoyed this week as she says, uh, can you not feel the one thing I really want you to feel? Because Miranda's being very practical about it. She says, jealous. Je- and I really like mm. the openness, um, like openly wanting her. Yeah, it's a good line. Jealous. It's a trait sorely lacking in, you know, like that. I think it's okay to have sort of negative or uh, not, you know, an entire stable of positive personality traits. I think it's pretty natural for, you know. It speaks to the depth of their friendship that she can say, can you not just be jealous for my wonderful news, please? That's all I want. That's the the only glimpse into that you get. Otherwise, it's all buried in passive aggressiveness. And I I think, I I really like that. I think the friendships would probably thrive and strive from a little bit more of that. Do you know what I noticed this week, though? Um, And nowhere is it more clear than in that scene. (coughs) That was the one that tipped me off to it first. Is that Charlotte's role is just to laugh at everyone. Just to back up, like, lines that might otherwise die in the dark. She does it a lot. So say that again, sorry. Um, Charlotte's role in their friendship group is just to laugh, just to like supportively laugh along when someone thinks they're making a funny. It happens so much. If you look at Charlotte, her for eighty percent of this film, she's just there to kind of smile and nod or give a supportive laugh. It breaks my heart in a way. Shut. I I think that I mean I can't speak to the show, but I've said I'm on the record on this season of the podcast as saying. She brings nothing. She she understands everything. There's no nuance in her approach to conversation. Everything from her is interpreted very literally. Uh, she's a simpleton. I think all of the others have a, a, a creative spark. Um, and Charlotte might possess some semblance of emotional intelligence, but by ways of being a conversation partner, um, she doesn't even get a pass. I reckon that's good, though. There's a utility to that. Because she pulls people up on their shit and she doesn't, it's almost like she's not socially advanced enough to temper it, but that in itself is useful. Part of hemp play. When they're talking during fashion week and Miranda says, because um, Miranda says, is this what you guys were doing every Saturday while Steve and Brady and I were at the um, aquarium? Carrie says, not every Saturday. Uh, which of course is true. Fashion week is a week of the year. Good line. Uh, but then Miranda reminisces and says, 
Steve does the funniest impression of a dolphin. Well, really, it's Steve as a dolphin. And uh, they take a beat, and she she kind of like is getting caught up in the emotion of this memory, and then she sort of dismisses it when she sees the other two leaning into her uh, as, as if they're going like, oh, man, you really miss him, huh? And then Charlotte just goes, you can't, you can't forgive him? And there's multiple points in this story where she's like, dude, it was... It was one time he fucked up. He said he was sorry like a million times. He's contrite. He wants to make this right. You go kid together. She just lays it out, you know? Yeah. That's that's that emotional intelligence coming through. But, like, if you don't know her personally and you get caught talking to her at a, at a dinner party, you're really battling for comedy. I don't know. Because it's I'm like, going to call you on that. I'd love to only talk to Charlotte extreme... at a party. She seems friendly. I reckon she... No, you wouldn't. You're saying that to be... I'm not. You would complain about it. Come and find me. You'd take me to the bathroom. You'd go, fuck, can you swap seats with me? I'm stuck with I'm a not, real man. dud. I'm not, man. She's, I'm not. She's nice. You know, she's a nice person. There's a lot... To... Nice. You know, nice is the most loaded word in the world. Nice and fine have both been absolutely reappropriated <laughs> to communicate the opposite of what their original Let's definition is. Someone says they're mm. fine. It means that their life is literally coming apart at the seams. If someone is described as nice, it means that they are the single most boring person. Okay, going. I'll rephrase it. She's a warm person. She cares about other people. Oh, she's barely even warm. There's no substance. You are raining down fire on Charlotte this week, and I don't know where this is coming from, guy. What's happened to you two? What she said? Nothing's happened to us. I've told you. We've been on the rocks for weeks. I want to get you kids back together. I'm not sure what it's going to take, but I, I want to see you and Charlotte try and repair this relationship. Similar to the emotional you know joy that, that you see when Brady and Miranda get back together every time. Good fucking luck. And it's Steve Fuck, and Miranda. Sorry, I was straight Brady to, and Miranda are strong. My apologies. I was trying to get to the end of the sentence before I just like coughed up a lung again. As I reached for the mute button. That's okay. You've done a great job of muting those ones. I don't. It's, it just becomes confusing because it makes your thoughts sound sound quite found, sound quite stilted. Um, I got to wrap this. I got to wrap this thing up. We've been bloody prattling on for for years. I just wanted to say I was very interested in Big this watch, and he. I mean, I'll, I'll be impressed. There's something for you to look out for next week. He um, when they're. After so after they've been to the divorce auction and Carrie starts being a little bit paranoid about not being married yeah. to Big and wanting to contribute finances to the house, Big's chopping a tomato on he the is. chopping board. I have looked for eleven weeks now to find some sort of continuity or <laughs> anything to suggest sloppy filmmaking. But this guy not only has phenomenal form and technique in chopping yeah. a tomato, but whoever shot it and edited it has phenomenal filmmaking technique in ensuring that there's no opportunity for there to be a logical inconsistency in the timing and amount of tomato Fuck, being Good shot. on the filmmakers big and good on you, Guy, for their eagle eye. Wonderful. Big on big big shout out to everyone. The, to his credit, the man is untouchable. My shining light? Um, I don't know. Samantha's humping dog? I thought that was a I thought that was um I thought that was bad this week. <laughs> Went into it. I thought it was lazy. Lazy film, right? I guess a, a perfect match for your lazy approach to consuming sex in the it city. It gets this a week. shining light from Timbo and two thumbs down from The Flash. Okay, uh, my shining light. That wasn't that observation about Big wasn't oh, even a shining light. That was just extra me letting, letting letting a peek behind the curtain. My shining light, and this is an Easter egg that I think a lot of people would have missed early on. And you're welcome to this information and do with it what you will. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Um, when Steve approaches Miranda at the pre- rehearsal dinner. Uh, no, no, no. It's, 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 it's after that. It's, um, it's when Miranda goes back inside after seeing Steve at the rehearsal dinner and she's... It's, an, it's not a rehearsal dinner. They call it a rehearsal dinner, Just I think. Or whatever it is. It, what? No, they it's not important. It's, it's the engagement dinner. It's the big dinner. Uh, when mm. uh, Samantha comes in and says, Steve's outside and wants to see you. And Miranda sort yeah. of, you know, builds up the courage to go outside. There's a frieze or a, a sort of a beautiful, grand European-looking uh, painting. It appears to be from the Renaissance period, or I mean, that's what it's meant to look like. I think 
uh, and the framing is incredible. So the, the 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 figure in the background is that of a a man, and there's his left hand is sort of extended open, palm open, uh, and it sort of looks like it's gently uh, grazing Miranda's shoulder, but. To the left of that, and I can't believe I've missed it for 10 screenings already, is... A dick? Yeah, a, a tidy little flaccid dick. Uh, you could say it yeah. foreshadows Dante's Peak later in the film. but um, Indeed. I hadn't noticed it, and I saw it, and I thought, that's a fun... Whoever framed that up was having fun. And, you know, Mattress Pikelet King, to his credit, saying, yep, leave it in, that's a great bit of fun. Good decisions made all day, made all round on that day. Yeah, fuck yeah. A bit of penis, eh? Bit of a dick. I'm going to see. What a great addition. I'll send you the image. Um, Otherwise, oh, Tim. I am well aware of the penis. I've seen it multiple times. And you never thought to bring it up. I guess that's a testament to your maturity, huh? Maybe. Who's to say? Um, let's put a bow on it, guy. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor for this week, which is European Mr. Dick. Big's Closet Extensions. Oh. Well, both. They've both, yeah. Two sponsors on the party this week. Any uh, guy, I say to you, let's never do this again. And I say to you, I look forward to talking to you next time after you've watched 40 minutes of the film and two hours and 30 minutes of the film. Those are allowed to be an independent sound. But fuck you. It's going to be spicy. My boy. Fuck you. We just have a good rhythm together. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.